Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, Internet? You're listening to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. For all nerds. And I am your host, DJ Ben Amin, aka Lando Californication, Soldier 70 Spliff, Reading Rambro, The Man in the Mirror Universe, amongst other things. You know, the Kevin Bacon of the internets. I could go on and on, but I'm going to keep it short and simple tonight because we got a lot to talk about. What up, Miss Barr? And as always, I am joined by. Tatiana King Jones, the <laughs> Grand Duchess of Sex, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Ark Android 18, Princess Preach, Gem in the Hollow Fam, Stone Cold Steve Lawson, Queen of the Amazons, Prime Subscription, T'Challa Bread, and <laughs> Coffee Baratheon. Coffee Baratheon. <laughs> Wait. Wait. I can tell you weren't really listening to me last week because I said like half of Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, she definitely did. What, what was the subscription one? Queen of the Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm logging off. Fuck that. Y'all do this by yourself. I'm not doing this. Come on. This is Spanish. So this is what we do. Hey, record day. See that? Hey. Hey, I like people that. People on video. That's another thing. You should be on video right now, you guys. I know everyone can be watching it on video, but make sure after you listen to the podcast, you check out Fanbros TV because we're on video, y'all. And you should hit that subscribe button. If you are watching, hit that like right there. Let me do that right. Like, you know, like right there. You know, hit that subscribe, all that good shit. You know, I had to make sure I had to point it out to them like, <laughs> and you know but back to the show let's get to it because not like you said tatiana not everybody is watching so we are joined by as always oh i was thought y'all was about to skip me i was about to flip, <laughs> I was about to flip some tables up in this motherfucker. he's like i'm new but not that new you saw me i was like um new york i was sitting like this <laughs> he was clutching his prayers like, like this <laughs> jeff james like you know light skin brothers have already gotten disrespected enough this week dog. Before I get into these AKs, well, let me get the AKs first. I got—I won't forget the joke. It's your boy Jeff J, the Merc with a mic, aka Dwayne Wade Wilson, yes. Brian Colangelo seventy-six burner account, ESPN <laughs> sixty-four, two rags to riches, oh Earth, God. Wind, and Firestorm, Wiley West Side, Bagger Vance, Astro, and Fax the Destroyer. And shout out to my dude, uh, Darvin. Who said that the light skinned brothers have been in the mountains like the Jabari waiting <laughs> for a new leader after this battle? And said, it's time. We need to come down. It's got to be challenge day because shit ain't going right. <laughs> we have watched from the mountains. The Pusha T has disrespected us. Couldn't even keep his own producer safe. <laughs> Pusha Thanos came in there with the gauntlet, folks. Oh. And just <laughs> Push it yeah. because it is scalding, honey. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, man. Ooh, it has been a week, folks. You know, like, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing on all the various platforms. Thank you for all the support. But, man, it has been a week out there. You know, shout out to Drake. Hold your heart, son. You know, you thought you had it, but then that, you know. But, you so know it's been a day. 
But y'all, y'all, Tuesday was all good. Y'all, y'all hear people talk about old school classic Twitter, 2011 Twitter, 29, like the golden era. Yes. That was a golden era day. It, it didn't stop. Everything, everything was funny and everything was happening. Like it, it would not stop. Like that was a classic day. Mm. I mean, just incredible, but you know, and it's continued. This has been, like I said, this has been a week, folks, because you know, today as the aftermath of that slaughter took place, <laughs> you know, a, a, I mean, just I, one I could not believe. Like I'll be dead ass honest with y'all. Like I woke up that morning, I saw Roseanne Barr's tweet, and I was like, okay, you know, I mean, that's out out of control. But mm. what's going to happen? Nothing. You know, I didn't even say nothing. I didn't tweet nothing. I didn't want to get involved because I know, you know, everybody was dragging her to hell and back. And I was just like, okay. And then like five minutes later, you know, because I'm on the West Coast, so I was already late. I, I, checked, <laughs> I, checked, I, I checked Twitter again, and it's over. Grand opening, grand closing. One season, Roseanne canceled because of the outrageousness. You know, we need to open up Trifling Heights. You know, because she yeah. is now a new permanent resident yeah. and has been sent back to the depths of darkness where she belongs. And probably gentrified it. Oh, nah, nah, well, not, not. Apartments from well, people who actually needed it in Trifling Heights. I don't know if trash can gentrify something. You know, well, that's that. Trash can't gentrify trash. So. He's a yeah. slumlord in Trifling Heights. Mm, probably a resident of a slumlord. But, you know, we'll get. We'll get. <laughs> we have a couple of them in there already. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, you know, you can't forget, you know, our president and elect or whatever is, you know. There is no president, president right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. It's, it still hurts, folks. It still hurts. But, yeah, a lot of people were, you know, kind of upset or not upset, you know, kind of uh, feeling kind of a ways because there's a lot of people working on this show. You okay. know, it's Hollywood. This is a very competitive market. You know, there's, I mean, cast members, crew, all kind of people. Mm -hmm. Far as cast, I really, you know, feel nothing. Y'all were getting the bid checks. You know, right. most of y'all are super rich already. We were talking about that before we went live. The fact that just a few of the bigger name stars like Sarah Gilbert, John Goodman, their their fees were going up to 300K an episode from 250. So yeah. I don't feel no types of ways about y'all losing out on that. I particularly don't feel no types of ways about it because a lot of people who, whether they've known her for years, whatever, want to say, oh, well, she's a different person now, da, da, da. But not really. Like, she been this way for a minute, and she's always, and one thing I will say that I do like about her, she has always shown her card. She has always shown <laughs> time and time again that she's a racist and all this other stuff, and I prefer to that I know who my racists are, okay? So my thing is that it wasn't like this was, this was hidden or something new information about her, but y'all chose to continue to work with her, whether it was under, and you know what, I'm not going to put, thoughts into other people's head but maybe it was validated to them that this really was a vehicle where both sides could be heard on the matter maybe they really felt like this was the way to go and this was the most fair way but at the end of the day you chose to work again with Roseanne the same Roseanne who been saying this foul shit for years decades it's nothing new so I don't feel bad for them. Now, when you mentioned about the cast and crew, uh, not the cast rather, but the crew and the people, the production, the people who actually work on it, the writers, 
like, especially because of you, Ben, we have the in understanding how that industry works. That's another story. Yeah. I feel like, like, just like just a few weeks ago, we're upfront, which is also the time where shows go to die. And you saw how, how projects was getting killed left and right. And a lot of people, me and Jeff had that, that episode by ourselves where we, coming up you don't think nothing about it you're just like oh that show's gone but now that you know more about the industry that means like there's 250 people out there there's 500 people out here like it, it's really like infinity war out in this bitch it, so, it really I is think. yeah and no that that's definitely the part of it but at the same time like you already said even the crew members they signed on they weren't signing on blondie they signed on the roseanne they know what that comes with sure they knew it was going to be a hit well, well what about people where like this is their first shot yeah, or, or not even just for a shot. Like, what if this is their their major shot to get paid? What if it is a shot to get paid? Okay, well here here's here's a prime example of that. Once I was asked, you know, would I have taken the job on that series that got canceled, Confederate? You know, because it was my first shot, you know, as a writer in the industry or whatever. When I got the gig on American Gods, mm -hmm. but when I was asked that, I was I had to tell them like, hell no. Because as much as that's my, you know, first shot of my dream and my life, everything I wanted, it's like no way because I'm not going to work on that show because <laughs> there's no way I feel like I can turn that premise around to make it work where it doesn't, you know, it just because America hasn't dealt with slavery. And then another part of this is that you're like, well, damn, Roseanne went and, you know, thought it was, but no, what Roseanne forgot and that a lot of people forget is that she's still a woman. You know, whether or not, you know, like she's the rich woman or everything, like the president or, or not my president can get away with saying that shit because he's a white man. You know, that's facts. He's a rich white man. So he can keep saying all this bullshit, lie every day, and they're going to protect him because he's just, everybody's just trying to get their money. But with Roseanne, it's like you have a black woman at the head of ABC and you're a white woman and people are like, no, no, you know, that you ain't got right. that, you, right. you ain't got that cred to get away with that type of shit. Towards that. I think they did the right thing by canceling, but also I, I looked at them funny since funny style since the beginning because I was like, y'all greenlit it in the first place. So here, here, here's something from me. You sleep with a snake, you can't be shocked when you get bit in the ass. Facts. That's first off. Secondly, I respect the courage of your convictions, Ben, but it's not as convenient for everybody. No, it's not. Yeah. What jobs they get. So for the people who that was their shot and they took it, you know, I, I have that general level of sympathy. I don't want to see yeah. anybody lose their job. Right. But think about these NFL players who everybody's like, why don't y'all all just walk away when they don't understand the structure of the contracts and the fact that it's not guaranteed money and where the largest money-making people, they going out and their hand is over that heart and they standing for the flag because that protest doesn't really affect them as much as it affects the team, but they're not going to mess up their money. This is the, the similar situation I see with people who may have been in that crew, especially people, um, cr crew members of color, where Hollywood, you know how it is, it's dog eat dog. So if they, if they had to get that job, I get it. Having said that, you had to know. You had to know. At some point, it was a ticking time bomb. And she... He, Imagine being so racist that you would squander the bag for yourself <laughs> and others on a show that has your name on it just because you want to get these tweets off. With, with, the, <laughs> with, the, with the oldest was, slur. With the oldest slur was the ambient, okay? 
Oh, you know, um, Sanofi, Sanofi yeah. US, the, the manufacturer of Ambien, have come out and said that racism is not one of the side effects of <laughs> Ambien. That they they was the most proper corporate response that you can get. And shout out to Dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster for dragging people with the King's English as yes. elegantly as possible. But, you know, talking to your point about the whole ABC and how you looked at them funny, yeah, they did the right thing. They did the quote unquote moral thing, but they also did the money thing when they got Roseanne. You exactly. could talk about um, reaching across the aisle and showing middle America and showing the other side. They knew that they had a lane. They knew that they had money involved and the ratings reflected it, whether people like it or not and say, yeah. why does she get a platform? Roseanne was middle America white trash types of like even i watched the old series like that's just who they were they were the trump supporters before trump supporters so this is just a continuation of what it was what i think happened uh -huh. what i know happened when she signed the dotted line it's like okay roseanne you got a clean slate from here you you can't wild out there probably was like a morality clause or something like that you can't wild out on twitter anymore your views are your views Fuck it we're gonna make this money but you can't wild anymore okay and then she goes <laughs> and lets this shit off, right? So she wasted the money. So they did what was right. They did what was best for business. Black woman at the helm, notwithstanding, because the same black woman was an, in charge when they when they rebooted it. And yeah. The same black woman was in charge when they uh, quelled and and sequestered that episode yep. of Blackish that had to do with kneeling for the flag. Yep. We need to release that now. Now that we know, I get it, sister. I get it. Release. Y'all want the Snyder Cut? It? Release the Blackish episode. Release the Kaepernick episode. <laughs> but 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 Jeff, I agree with you. And 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 really, like the environment we're in right now, just the general cultural environment we're in right now, was just rife for a Roseanne type deal to come back. So again, from a sheer money business perspective, of course, it made logical sense. But come on, like, where do you stop yourself? Like, I, I, that's why I say I, I, while that was cool that they went the quote unquote right way, I also feel like y'all brought this upon yourself. I just feel like it's been a week of people giving themselves L's. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, it's like, how could you make yourself, you know, take the loss? Like, I, and, and for ABC, it's not like, apparently it's not much of a loss for them because they're getting the kudos for doing the right thing. But I'm also like, yo, at the corner of your eye, you still need to be looking at ABC and all these other people who are propping up these clear uh, uh, trolls of society. It's clear. I mean, from a business perspective, I don't I, I don't knock them per se. No, not you show, you're showing one side, you're showing the other side. You yeah. really from a business perspective, they're like, yo, yeah, for as much as blackish be, be you know, whether it's intelligent, how intelligent it is, all that, they're showing one side. We're gonna show the other side. And it's not like Roseanne hasn't been on before, but I just need energy levels to remain consistent with this type of stuff going forward. But wasn't That's Roseanne on Fox back in the day? Or I no, know no, 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 no. Roseanne's always been on ABC. Has this it? All, yeah, always, always on ABC. In eleven, like season yeah. ten. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, it was, it was on. Um, yeah, no, this is an ABC production. That's why they brought it back. And like you said, Jeff, not everyone is in the position. I wasn't really in the position. Like I definitely needed the job. You know, it wasn't one of things where I could have been like, "Damn, I can't take this." You know, I'm paid over here. It was one of the things where, like, at some point, though, you do have to make that choice. You have to be like. 
you know, and I understand NFL players, you're already in there. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying everyone can make that choice, but when these people, like you also said, it's a volatile environment. Like, you know, American gods was here for me and going in the next day, just because not because somebody threw out a tweet. That's just how this business works. That's how right. any business works. You have to be prepared for that no matter what. Right. So especially when you sign on to something like Roseanne, you got to know, you know, this can come with me being out of here tomorrow. So well, I definitely have that sympathy for everyone. But you how know. long do you think it's going to take for her to fail back up? Oh, <laughs> never. No, no, no. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap for her. This, this, this is think, a wrap. You don't think she'll be back in any? Nah, no, not, not on ABC, but she'll be back. Like, come on, y'all, don't don't be like naive. Yo, but Kimmel's already caping for her. Jimmy Kimmel's caping for her. She'll be on Joe Rogan on Friday. I'm like, come on, mm. might get a cabinet position out of this. Shout out to my guy G Palm. He put that energy. Okay. Wow. Se- Secretary of what's the what's the um. The pharmaceutical is there a pharmaceutical cabinet position? <laughs> Should she wow. want to talk about Ambien? Or maybe she'll be secretary of the arts. It's such a like it's just such an amazing dichotomy, the world of TV. Like it's fake as F, but at the same time, it's just like it also has the the power to uplift and, and show you new worlds. So it's just such a harsh dichotomy when it comes to TV world. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not uncultured when you say F and I be cursing. I'm not cursing. I'm trying to curb. It's not even Lent and you acting and you acting all prim and proper, whatever. (laughs) I'm trying to curb (laughs) it. Actually, I'm trying to get our monetization of it. Every time I go, fuck, you know, we lose. They uh, want us because we authentic. (laughs) We original. (laughs) (laughs) Frack and frick. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, I think we've said all we can say on, on. (laughs) <laughs> on Miss Barr and being barred from TV and everybody taking these L's. So we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show. YouTube is oppressive. Hey, what's going on, fan bros? This is Tatiana King-Jones, and I want to tell you about a new podcast called Nerdificent from comedians Danny Fernandez and Ify Wadiwe. It's a weekly deep dive into nerdy subjects that you didn't know you needed to know about. Whether it's the mind-expanding frontiers of VR or the surprisingly exciting modern renaissance of tabletop games, they'll take you from the origins into the surprising future of each subject, which is really a fancy way of saying they're going to go down a bottomless Google rabbit hole and tell you all about the coolest stuff they find. Nerdificent is a weekly comedic and informational podcast dropping every Tuesday. It's produced by How Stuff Works Network's comedy division, creators of the Daily Zeitgeist and Culture Kinks. They're going to examine nerdy things that are currently trending, such as VR, Comic-Con, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, tabletop games, and more. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And what's up, Internets? I hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. And like I said before, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher, everywhere you can find us. You know, hit me up on Twitch, Fan Bros Show on Twitch. We're rocking video games, DJing, do all kinds of shit. You know, you see this video right here. We are doing everything 
for your entertainment. And it is now time for one of my favorite segments on the show. The Guac is Extra. The Geekly Asked Questions. The Guac is Extra, where we answer any and all questions from our listeners. That's you, the people we love. And what do we have up first tonight? Up first comes from Anthony A. And this is actually related to our last episode where we talked about Deadpool 2. Uh-oh. Anthony writes, I watched the Deadpool 2 review that you guys did, and it seems y'all didn't care for the plot that much. Nope. What would have been a better story slash plot to make the movie better? Thanks and love the show. Anything? Um, no, oh. I, yeah, no, like I, I was told today to curb my, you know, disrespect of that book because I actually did enjoy the film overall. You know, just, I just had some major problems with it. And you can watch our video on YouTube if you haven't already, the Deadpool review, and, you know, check it out. And we discussed why we weren't really feeling it. And, um, well, you, you weren't really yourself. I want all the curses, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought that, you know, I thought it was funny, but I just thought the plot could have used anything. And when I say anything, I just did not like how they killed Vanessa or Cable's wife and daughter to motivate the male heroes. And I feel like you could have just done anything else for Deadpool. And that's pretty yeah. much it. I, I think um, if they would have cut out the whole Vanessa killing angle yep. and maybe get to the point where Deadpool's killing all of these, he's assassinating all of these, uh, like the rival gangs, the Russian mob, the Yakuza, all these people, mm-hmm. and something happens to get him put in the icebox. Yes. Like either that, either that or cut out the whole gang shit and go right to saving the mutant. Yeah. Like he he's he's hanging out at the X Mansion. He crashes the X Mansion. He's um like Vanessa's telling him he needs to go hang out with people. Like you're up under me too much. So yep. he crashes with the X-Men and he's trying to find like where the fuck are the X-Men? Like, why is it only just Colossus yes. in them? And then they go out. That's like the that's like a comic. Then they go out to try to help Fire Fist. And then really you take it from there and just tighten it up a little bit. I, I was I think I was good with that. Yeah. Well, the extra shit was extra, but but I, I think that would have been I would, that would have been something enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I think we've learned with Deadpool, the cinematic version, that he needs little to no impetus to do anything. Yes. So, to your point, Jeff, it, they could they literally could have kept the story as is and just cut a couple of scenes, and you still would have had a like a better movie. I think that. Really, he could have just been like one day woke up and said, I want to be part of the X-Men. And then that would have been his trainee entry. I agree. They they didn't need to kill um, Vanessa. And in fact, if that's how they felt, don't even put her in a movie. Right. Like, yeah. bring her back for the third and, and, and let it not even be about her. Like, the first one to me was about her. Uh, yes, it was his origin, quote unquote, but it was really about her. So we we should be off that and go to something new. And really, besides maybe toning down, I mean, even though that is Deadpool at his core, I still feel like they could have still turned down a bit of the every other line is a joke. And not even every line. I felt like every line was a joke, joking on the line before it. I just think that they could have just smoothed that out just a bit more. And I, I wouldn't have been on the verge of being annoyed 
Again, I know that's his characterization, but from a cinematic perspective, when you're sitting in a theater, you're like, damn, we could be better than this. <laughs> so, See, if you want to know the answer to the question, turn down for what? It's Deadpool 2. That's yeah. what. <laughs> just turn down a little bit. Just turn down a little bit. But even if, even if he was, let's say he's trying to become an X-Men. And, and Colossus is like, nah, you're wild and you can't be an X-Men. So he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to build X-Force right. to, to, to do help. I don't need to do I don't need y'all. And like, that's how you know, we know the fact that we can do this less than, like, not even a whole minute. 30 seconds. <laughs> in the 30 seconds, three of us individually had different ideas for how to make it work. So don't tell me it was, you know, oh, we had a vision. It was too hard. Like, we, we literally wrote the movie in one minute. So come that's on. Like, that's like the equivalent of... <laughs> you, you go over to your, your parents' house or your grandmother's house and they cooking and you're like, yo, you better eat all this damn food. I, I cooked, I paid for all this food. You better <laughs> eat this damn food. That's how they felt when they got that budget. They were like, yo, we got to throw everything in. They gave we got to eat it all. We got to like, eat, eat it all. Just throw it, just throw it in. Just throw it in. Don't worry about it. You're going to get these jokes. Right, right, right. <laughs> keep, that, keep that end credit scene, though. That, that was oh, yeah. fantastic. Keep, sensational. I I keep saying, though, I'm sorry, Ryan should have been shooting himself in the head for all those rom-coms that he did as well, because that's more damaging to his career than Green Lantern or Wolverine. But No, know. it's not. I <laughs> Yo, he did a lot of terrible rom-coms. He not did, but I don't think people really remember him from that stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember. Well, I mean, damn, that, that says it all. Like, <laughs> you the timeline, bro. I, I I don't even tell, I've been telling y'all time, time again. He has lived his entire career to be Deadpool. Like, you're never going to remember him as anything else. That's how he, he shaped his life. He is Deadpool. Yeah. I, they if I found out one day he was Deadpool, I would not be shocked. Right. I, I told Seriously. I and, told I'm, you. <laughs> and I'm not shading. Like, he, he's even said that himself. He's That's what he's lived his life for, to do this, to be this person. And if he had the mutant powers, he would be, as Jeff say, the real Deadpool. All right. What do we have up next? Up next comes from, uh, I'm skipping that one. Comes from Statica Shakur, aka wait, Ooh. Statica Shakur, like oh no, okay. oh no, aka that's the double, that's the double, did the daily double right there, aka Living Kringle, aka <laughs> this one I'm gonna mess up, Targa Uren theorem. Inspired by the Pythagorean theme, so I'm probably saying it wrong. Targaryen. Uh, Targaryen. Uh, yeah, okay. that's Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> AKA tuxedo. Wait, AKA tuxedo flask. I like that one. Wow. Mm -hmm. They write, "Can you name or think of a fictional character with a cool ability, power, talent that you felt was never portrayed to its fullest, even when it should have been? For example, did you ever think?" Why didn't X character just do Y? Or would have been a perfect opportunity for that character to showcase a specific talent. Thanks and love the show. Stripperella. <laughs> she never she never made that thing to work. No, fuck. <laughs> she never lived up to her name. Yo, man. <laughs> she never I was gonna, stage. No, go ahead. I was gonna go for the gusto and say from a cinematic version, Storm. Um, cold-blooded. Cold no, never seen tea. her. I need my tea. <laughs> shout, shout out to those two actresses who were played her. Oh, god damn! God. Like yeah. I just it, mm. it infuriates mm -hmm. me. And depending on what story you're reading or whose version, they use the term Omega Level Mutant. She's one of them. Oh, mm. So, and by Omega Level, that meant they meant the end of the world type shit. So. 
for you to say this about a character who, regardless of the labels, depending on who you're talking to, she is really that nigga. Like, how? How do you? How do you? debuff her that bad how do you nerf her in every single iteration cinematically like i i it boggles the mind and there's too much history for you to disrespect storm like that there's too many comic books there's too many stories there's too much animation for you to come at her wild like that that's wild disrespectful to me so storm ouch oh well the other i mean she did beat up on toad I'll I'll go with uh One, okay. She really was that a beat up? I mean, that was a pure joke. Toad and Toad yeah, ain't I no mean, formidable formidable yeah. person. Let's let's get that out the I way. Mean, I mean, that's the point. She beat up on Toad. Oh. Um, I was gonna go with Darwin, who shout Ooh, out, shout out yeah, shout, dirty shout out to Combat Jack because Combat Jack was the one who always pointed that out to me. Because when I first told him how much I love First Class, he was like, "Yeah, that movie's trash." Because they did. <laughs> Darwin the disrespectful. No, the movie. Oh, I love First Class. I mean, it was cool. Class was good, but mm. how did a black man die in the movie and his powers to adapt? Ouch. How? How? Black man How? never went. Was he like? Was he like bomb toast intolerant? <laughs> like, was that the, was that his kryptonite? Eating grenades, my only weakness. <laughs> you know, like, come to, if I stick your head underwater, you grow gills, but you can't eat a bomb. I Yo, have the, two the, words for you, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Nothing escapes that man, okay? Facts. Yeah, facts. But shout outs to Darwin. That's definitely my choice for that one. That's a great question. If anyone else has any suggestions for that, please hit us on Twitter at Fan Bros Show. You know, leave a comment on our Instagram. Did you have one, Jeff? Yeah, I was about to say, I was dead. I wasn't dead. I thought you were going with something. I mean, you know, I feel that one. That, you know, that's personal. I don't know why Stripperella popped. <laughs> I don't either. But I had to get it out. But um, is this just for cinematic versions? Oh, no, no, any, anything. Anything. I took it to me cinematic. Ben said cinematic too. So you could do anything. Oh, is there one person that I think they they would they show their powers that they that they it's never been displayed in like a proper light in the way in in what you think should be proper like they had an ability or talent that was never really displayed or it wasn't displayed right or whatever the case may be. Mm. I was trying to I was trying to think of any X Men, but it's like they do everything with them dudes' powers after a while. So oh, you know who they've never shown do anything, and maybe it's because in her timeline she's still too young. Jubilee. And the X Men films, they, I mean, in the cartoon, she wasn't doing shit with them firecrackers anyway. I feel like they had but, to. Have. That's what I mean. At some point in the comics, Jubilee had to turn into something. Maybe later badass. in the comics, but on the Fox yeah. Kids per- version, she wasn't oh, doing never. shit. She no. was mad annoying. But that being said, I do know in the comics, she's portrayed way differently, and she's yeah. not this. As I mentioned, you know, firecracker type little girl. Like she, she got some some chops on her. So I feel like that you've never seen that. Like in, in a lot of different mediums, you've never seen that done properly. Right. I mean, Jubilee at all? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, thinking thinking about it, thinking about it now, it is kind of tough because I feel like over the last few years, a lot of characters have gotten their due. Um, just in terms of, you know, how they were, how they've been drawn, how they've been, how their powers, because a a while ago, I would have said Iceman, but in the last few years, last ones, they, they but it always takes like an Elseworld story or alternate future him to show he's like, uh, cause I remember there was stories where the classic Iceman, where he had the X belt, he was supposed to be to contain his powers because he couldn't contain them. 
Mm-hmm. It's always he, he gotten amped up too much. His powers have gotten increased right. by somebody. He's literally a god. Like he's yeah. an element. Mm-hmm. He's an element yeah. in the world. And there was one story where the narrator was just saying, I forgot who the character was. And if y'all know, let me know. Um, who he basically said he hasn't even realized yet. But mm-hmm. one day he will. Yep. Where like there's been future iterations where he's been like an ice wizard. He's like Gandalf, but right. with with the powers of ice and the fact that he can he can freeze the air the oxygen around you so that you can't breathe. Little shit like that that yeah. I don't feel like I feel like the current Ice Man should be able to do. Like honestly, he should be like a a, a the the uh, ex villain that goes like one of these heroes that goes nuts and it's like yo, how the hell are we gonna contain him? Because right. he, he when he gets to the point where you can't just it's not like a RPG where you just I'm gonna use the fire spell on the ice monster. No, <laughs> he knows how to get around. 10, that. <laughs> right, right. All the hit points, right? Let me use my limit break and get him out of here. Yeah. But um, even if you evaporate him, he's still alive. He, he just needs to still... like go freeze up somewhere. So it's just little things like that that I wish that they would put in for the current character, like in his time. Right, right. Well, see, so you bring up a good point because I do feel like they never, not never, but in most iterations of characters, particularly if they're the quote unquote good guys they never show them to their fullest extent like it's almost as if their goodness is their power belt holding them back mm-hmm. you saw like even if you use something real old like the old superman like christopher reeve superman movies it wasn't until he was nega superman when he was drunk and shit where he was pulling tricks that he wasn't doing before and it's like he has that power now granted that was also creative license from the from the writers no 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 thank you that was creative license from the writers, but at the same time, you can say, "Oh, well, technically, Soup's always had that power, but because he was he was more very moral about things, he never wanted to use it." So, right. you know, that's an interesting thing that you uh, you brought to mind. Red Kryptonite yeah. is like uh, Kryptonian Hennessy. They go nuts. But even to your example, a good another good example of that is Superior Spider Man when Doc Ock took over mm, Peter yep. Parker body and he was like yo you, he literally made him a hot He's like you're, you're not using that your your right. powers right and it was like and a, it was a scene where he was fighting vulture and he punched his jaws and everybody's looking at him like spider-man yo what like what are you doing he's like yo he's a criminal this is how he's supposed to handle criminals like this is why we're doing it now and everybody's like yo it's like it's like you give him that batman look where you got to go into the vault and figure out what what your countermeasure is against evil spider-man like oh <laughs> yeah. Right here, yeah for respect so yeah. yeah, and yeah. the whole reason why he's never done that is because he always holds back. You never see right. full power, but Ak wasn't having that. Yep, that's another great question. All right, um, thank you for that one. And what do we have up next? Up next comes from Curvy Geeky Fangirl. What's up? Curvy Geeky Fangirl actually writes up all of our fashion posts, our fashion fandom posts. So all those dope outfits you guys see based on movies and TVs and games, she does all that. So make sure you hit up fanbros.com. Amazing work. Amazing work. Love her. So she writes, have you checked out the not-so-subtle hints about the villain for Daredevil Season 3? Will they do the villain justice? So first, do you guys know who these hints are hinting to? I I did not know, but I'm just trying to take a wild guess and say it's Bullseye, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, who else you got? So so actually, no, let me take that back. Because I'm so mad they still haven't uh, done this character, Typhoid Mary, Mm. who uh, Anne Nocenti, I think, created back in the day and is one of Daredevil's illest villains and they have an ill love-hate relationship. And it's just such a... 
I mean, her design, everything is such an ill look and an ill character that I'm, you know, sad they haven't brought her into the series. Right. So it, it could have been a purposeful leak, a uh, you know, strategic leak. It could have been a mistake, a mistake. But the costume designer for Jessica Jones and Daredevil, she shared an image on her IG account with that behind her had or in front of her had a bunch of Daredevil clothing and stuff from the costume department. And it was a bunch of like jackets with the title logo of the show saying season three. So they were, you know, generally saying, yo, they was flexing. Right. And then to the side was a big black and white bullseye. So everyone was like, really? Like that must, that's what it is. So, I mean, like I say, it could be very purposeful leak. or uh, Purposeful. Yeah, yeah, definitely purposeful. That, um, wasn't that a plot? Wasn't that a plot line in Gronish this season? <laughs> it was. How you take a selfie in front of a complete line of unreleased wildin'? While but anyway, the, it's, well, again, this was purposeful, I think, but something similar happened. So, you know, the, the, those are the hints, not so subtle hints that Kirby Geeky Fangirl was talking about. Um, will they do the villain justice, do you think? I, I think yes, because they've proven, with the exception of maybe a couple of episodes, they've proven that they, they, they kill it when it comes to Daredevil. Daredevil came out the gate swinging. It really had hit his basically hit the marks every time uh the new seasons have come out and again there there's been some lulls in it but generally speaking i placed it in, in my hierarchy of marvel netflix tv shows i've typically placed it up top mm -hmm. so i i, I, I trust their process their creative process and their their process to bring these characters to live action so i think they will do the villain justice that being said i'm saying that in a general perspective because i personally don't know that much about bullseye so maybe you can educate me then or you jeff uh i, uh, I can't remember his his complete origin but just know he's like he's an he's an assassin he he's somebody who rarely misses his mark um, I, I forget. I forget. I, I can't. It's bugging. Is me. he like the Marvel version of Deadshot? No. All right. Well, I, I can give you a little <laughs> bit more than that. Um, Bullseye is he's an assassin who doesn't miss his mark and he can take any object, anything and use it as a weapon and throw it, whatever, you know, use it to kill. Like he's been shown to kill people with, you know, throwing cards or pins, you know, oh, anything. Yeah, I mean, worse than Gambit, like anything, you know, like, anything. He could pick up like a a, a feather, and, and kill you with the feather. And somehow be able to direct the the pointy the paper in your eyes. Whatever paper plane, I could see him doing it with a paper plane. Oh right yeah, that eye. shit. Whack. Dead. Yeah, done. So um, he's the thing. The only real holdup that I see coming with this is one of Bullseye's most famous stories. Uh, spoiler alert for a story that's like 30, 40 years old at this point. <laughs> I think is him killing Electra. And the whole born again daredevil she, run. But she died and came back already. So Yeah, and that's the problem with that because that was like the moment because he kills Electra. I want to say Daredevil then turns Wiles out and snaps his neck. And because of that, Daredevil gets put on trial and it becomes the trial of Matt Murdock, and it's a big thing. And that was like a famous, famous it's born again uh, by Frank Miller when Frank Miller wasn't absolutely batshit insane. And it was a really dope storyline. So that's the only hold up to him translating because you can't murder Electra again. And if they do, oh my God. So, but, if you, but if you do, I don't think it's gonna, no one's gonna care. It's yeah, like, that's the point. Yeah. Back. It could yeah. also go into the um uh more recent storyline 
She'll be back. Where, where dead Daredevil kills Bullseye and then takes over the hand. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yep. That story, I know. That was that the. Was I think fire. that was the Matt Friction. Yep. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember, but it was. It was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what I? For, you know what I forgot talking about Bullseye in the 2003 movie with with Batfleck when he oh played, come on when he played Daredevil, Colin Farrell played yes. Bullseye. Yes. Yeah, I know he did. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, that that answers the question that we just tried to ask. You know, a character that then did done right, you know, it was Bullseye. Because that shit was trash. Trash. And that was, real quick, that was Andy Diggle who wrote that, the Shadowland. Yep, Shadowland. Yep. Great, great run where Daredevil has on the black suit with the red uh, DD on his chest. He was the Black Devil. Black <laughs> <laughs> Devil. All right. Do we have anything else tonight from our guac segment? Um, one more. Rock and chips. Shit. One more. We got from Bucky's Instagram cameraman. I love that one. They write, I spent the holiday weekend watching all three cap movies. C-A-P, Captain America. So which is your fave or conversely, which, what's your fave part of each? Ooh, great question. It, it's crazy. How I think the Captain America as a trilogy is like the best of Marvel's output, you know, so far. Yeah. Like overall as a trilogy, I, I think they had the best one. And for me, I still got to go to either Winter Soldier and just the overall Winter Soldier. The elevator fight scene is pretty ill, but I'm gonna oh, give it to uh, I'm a, yeah, I know that shit is so oh, sick, but man. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Civil War for the fight scene in Civil War as the moment because there's so many little moments in that. Talking about the, the, the uh, comic book cover moment. Or are you talking about just the general fighting moment? I'm just talking about Civil War. No, not that moment. That was ill. I'm talking okay. about the big airport fight scene. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When yeah. everybody is battling it out. And there's just so many little character moments like Ant-Man running a thing. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. <laughs> As he's running before he transforms into giant man like that. I bet I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. <laughs> just gets me every time, you know, or, or you have a metal arm, you know, just like all those little things in that, that scene alone. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It was genuine. It was yeah. very genuine. But that elevator fight. Lord oh, Jesus. Yeah. How everybody keeps getting in. And, you know, you just <laughs> see you Steve, you see Steve like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Oh, <laughs> the audacity, the nerve. <laughs> Steve was definitely disgusted, too. Disgusted. He was. He said, y'all really want to do this. Yeah. Okay. He asked him, does anybody want to get off before? Before we start this up, no, he was a that's a nineteen. That's a that's a that's a nineteen forties gentleman for you. Yeah. You know, before um, I bust that ass, I do. I do, <laughs> I, I do lean more towards the elevator scene just because I didn't see it coming. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the Civil War fight scene, like that was just ill. But I did not see that coming. Like I know, okay, he's just gonna give him a little smoke, but. <laughs> in that elevator fight scene precede the netflix hallway fight scene yes it did yes. and i always put the two together as the best individual fighting scenes in all of marvel's did i tell you that first in a daredevil when they fought in the hallway oh my god they literally were fighting for five minutes i was yeah. like damn he's still and you can see he was tired he, he was <laughs> gas like Damn, bro! Like, yo, y'all still fighting? Like, they were literally fighting. Like, you know, have you ever watched a fight, right? 
And you're like, damn, y'all got mad energy. Nobody knocked nobody out yet. Yes. You just start wrestling at some point just because they need to. Yep. I be running out of breath, running up the escalator on the subway. Like, how? No word. You do the high knees and you get up top and you like, hey. <laughs> I thought I was uh, Jackie Joyner. Curse you this one. Oh, my gosh. Um, My favorite was, uh, and it, not just because of the elevator scene, but goddamn, uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Favorite yeah. cat movie, rather, was Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, 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 I vacillate between uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier. Yeah. But I just think my expectations were exceeded more with civil um with winter soldier just I, I i thought it was going to be good but it was like a spy film it was it was dope man it was dope you know civil war is still dope to me but like i i still give to the edge and it's still and, the best trilogy of comic movies to me mm-hmm. yes and a lot of people hate on first avenger but i love it because i think it sets up civil war i mean winter they're soldier hating so on it, they're hating on it retroactively Right. Yeah, after and, they've seen everything, and that's not even a legitimate comparison. So no. Yeah, but I think it sets up Winter Soldier so well because it mm-hmm. gives you this different version of Cap. You know, it gives you even though he's in World War II, it's like more of a like positive, like okay, America, and then everything is great. And then when he wakes up in this new world, and you know the things that he believed in have been corrupted, and so that's why you had to have that first one. And one more moment is my one of my favorite moments in all Marvel films is when Red Stroll in the first one is sitting there trying to zap his scientist with a laser and he misses and he has this like disgust where he's like, oh, like I really have to aim this thing again. Like the audacity, you know? And then he like aims the laser again and blasts them. Like, it's this little quick moment, but it is so funny. Like look it up on YouTube because it'll have you crying like how disgusted he is that he missed with the first blast. So, you know, that was my little moment, but yeah. that's definitely a great question. Yeah. Great question. That's the end of the guac. I'm just going to give a shout out to King Wizard DL or King Wizard DL. I'm sorry if I'm saying your your handle wrong, but you get a shout out. Thank you for emailing. (laughs) And with that, we are going to take (laughs) no volunteers around here. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with more Fan Bro Show. I've been unpaid. Hey, y'all, this is Daniel Jose Older, writer of Star Wars, Last Shot, Dactyl Hill Squad, and the Shadow Shaper Cypher, and the Bone Street Roomba, and you are listening to Bankroll. And welcome back, Internet. Thank you for listening to Fan Bro Show. As always, subscribing, all that good stuff. You know, on YouTube, you see us right now. All our beautiful faces, me, Jeff, Jay, and Tatiana, we're here. Hit us up on SoundCloud, iTunes, all those other spots. Make sure you're subscribing. Thank you for the love, as always. It's now time for one of my favorite segments. I know y'all been waiting and missing this one. It's time for Comics Icon. Thank you very much. You know, we're hype. We're here. You know, comments I cop the hashtag. Follow it on Twitter. where We talk about all the different comic books. We are copying everything we've been reading, even if it's old, new, whatever. I see Tatiana got that Infinity Gauntlet trade in the background right there. I just reread that, actually. I just downloaded it and uh, reread that joint recently. 
Yo, Nebula is such a fucking gump in the book. What is why she's You so thought so? That, first of all, I was dying reading the book. I was. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's hilarious, book. right? At the halfway point, it just gets funny. Yo. Like, and not like, oh, not like a bad story funny, but it just gets funny as fuck. No, 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 no. Tell them why. I mean, or, you know, without spoiling it, because people will want to read this, even though it's mad. I'm not, old. I don't yeah. want to spoil it, because yeah. it's a different story from the movie. So, y'all Completely. Completely. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, she's so stupid, but whatever. There's a couple of them that's just wild, just, just not there. And it's just like, why would you think that, sir? But whatever. It's, yeah, no. it's a great story. Just, just read it. And it's a different Thanos as well. Oh, I mean, everything is, it's, it's got, you know, some of the influences, but it's definitely wild, it's, different. Whoa, somewhere else. But yeah. it's a great somewhere else. I'm so glad that you got to read it too, because that joint. Because when I reread it recently, I was like, "Yo, this shit is so." Because I read it as a kid and I loved it then, but you know, I've forgotten certain stuff that happened, and I was like, "Yo, this joint is out of control." It's like, if you think control. if you think the movie was out of control, it ain't got nothing on this book. This book yeah, is. I gotta like, reread it too. I forgot. I forgot. Please a lot reread of it. It's it's so entertaining, and as and Ben, you said it perfectly. It is out of fucking control. <laughs> It's I'm deliciously out of control. I I've completely it. forgotten about what had happened to Nebula. And so when I first turned that page and she first shows up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's oh, such no. a <laughs> her. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. my, my God. So, yeah, that's definitely, you know, an it's old school one. The reprints are all in stores right now, so you can definitely get a copy of it. Make sure you check that out. Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, I know the artist was Ron Lim. I think that was Steve Inglehart writing it. I can't remember exactly. But uh, out this week is the Birthright. Well, actually, this was last week it dropped. The Birthright Trade. Birthright is a book from Image Comics. Oh, it's, shit, uh, that's been going on still, huh? Yeah, and I'm still loving it. And um, it's written by Joshua Williamson, who it, he started it, he created it, and has now moved on where he's writing The Flash, and he's like one of the big people at DC now. So shout out to him. He's doing big things. But he's still going on with Birthright. The art is really, I can't lie, I love this book, but it's one of those books like like when you finish a trade, it's kind of like Paper Girls. Like Paper Girls, I love to fucking death. I mean, oh my gosh, one of my favorite books out. But when I finish a trade, I'm just like, and not where I'm like disappointed, but where I want more. You know, where it's like when I finish a trade of like something like Saga, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I don't need to read Saga again for six months because that shit is hard. You know, that shit, yeah. it takes you places every time. And you're like, damn, okay. overload. Yeah, and it's so much emotional, everything where you're like, okay, I need a I need a breather. But Birthright, I read the trade and I'm like, this was dope, but I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, you know, let's let's go a little further. But I do want to say the art in Birthright by Andre Bresson and uh Adriano Lucas, especially Adriano, who does the colors on it. It's silly. Like he's one of my favorite colorists out right now, along with Matt Wilson, who's the colorist on Paper Girls and A Wicked and the Vine. Those two are two of my favorites out right now. And I just wanted to give them a shout because people don't give a shout to the colorists enough. And the colors on Birthright are so crazy. Mm -hmm. Also out this week was uh, X-Men Red, the annual. I haven't been reading X-Men Red. It's the book that's led by Jean Grey and features a lot of the classic X-Men. I have not been reading it at all, but I decided to check out the annual this week. And it was a really dope story. It's about like it's after Jean Grey recently got rid of the Phoenix, hopefully for a long time. 
you know, she was resurrected recently, but she had the Phoenix Force with her. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not that. I'm just Jean Grey. And so it's like the book is about her catching up with all the X-Men, catching up with uh, Laura X-23, running into old man Logan, you know, and just having all these meetings with various people who've been, you know, introduced after she was gone, after she died and before she came back or just people she hasn't seen in such a long time. And it was a really dope story. I really liked a lot of it. I really wasn't feeling the art as much because the artist is kind of one of those photorealistic artists. And I guess that kind of worked, but it just didn't really work for me for this story. But overall, I just thought the book itself was really dope. It is a great story and something you can read if you haven't, like me. I haven't been reading X-Men in a long time, like not consistently. Mm -hmm. And when I just picked this up, it's like, you know, I knew all the characters with X-Men, you know, it's the same characters, you know. And it was just dope catching up with all of them and seeing their interactions, like especially um, Wolverine with old, I mean, old man Logan with Jean Grey and Jean Grey meeting, I mean, uh, seeing Rachel Summers again and her meeting Laura, you know, because Rachel Summers is like her daughter from an alternate reality, whatever. And Laura, you know, even though that's not her daughter, you know, she's always had this love relationship with Wolverine and, you know, Wolverine's dead right now. So to see. Yeah, it's so funny when you talk about comics. It's like, oh, this person is <laughs> dead right now. And, you know, she just, you know, since she's been dead and now she's back. And so, yeah, but it's been read annual by Tom Taylor. It's pretty dope. Anything else y'all been reading this week? So I've been uh, catching up on Guardians of the Galaxy and the Infinity Countdown going to the new. Ah. Going on. So it's funny you say that because Wolverine is back. Yeah, I know. I know. With an Infinity Stone. With an Infinity, with an <laughs> infinity Stone. Um, and their concept beyond, behind it, it's pretty ill, where basically if you've been following Marvel, you know it's a new universe that they yep. created after what happened in Secret War. So the, the that's why they're, they're, they're not gems anymore. These are actually different stones other than the original gems. Oh. So they're, they're new stones for the new universe. But the people who wielded the gems before remember the gems. So now they're like stones. And one of the ill things about this run with Infinity is for each stone, you need to wield another aspect from another stone in order to be able to control it fully. So, for example, so you have to master. have mastery of the mind to control the power stone. Right. Like it's ill. Because otherwise, it would be unmitigated power. Right. And, be, right. and it's like mind over matter type shit. Yeah. So... If you they they diagram how the science works behind the stones in the beginning of every book, that's been pretty cool. Uh, I've been reading the X Men books. I, actually, all the X Men books have been pretty good to me. I have to do a little catching up on them. But the one book, it came out today. I wasn't able to get it. But X, uh, I'm wallet. Amazing Spider Man number eight hundred. That's the yeah. last one in Dan Slot's decade plus run i believe he's been on for like a decade and uh the reviews have been good so far i haven't read them too in depth because i didn't want to get spoiled but he it, it seems like he he's gone out with a bang and um so i'm i'm interested to read that so when i know y'all will know i actually stemmed through that one uh today and it's definitely i mean i like dan slot i like a lot of the stuff he's done and it's definitely yeah. a culmination yeah. of everything he's done and i'm not gonna spoil it but there are some big big moments in it it's a big issue. Jeff, I have a question for you. And if it's a spoiler, you can tell, don't tell me. But what stone, yeah, stone, what stone does uh, Wolverine have? He has, I mean, it's, it's, 
I won't say it's a spoiler. Like it, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. You know he has a stone. He actually, if you've been reading Marvel comics, you sh- you would know he okay. has a space stone. And the reason why is because in so who's Marvel, it again? the space space stone, because in the in a, a bunch of the comics this year, there's been certain post credit um, stories. So there's been certain comics that have had a Where's Wolverine badge on it. So let's say something happened <laughs> with the comic. He w- it would literally be like the post-credit scene in the movie. Something happens in the comic, they go along their day, and he's like walking around where people were afterwards surveying the scene. Hmm. Like, and he's like in the background in the shadows, and he just disappears. And it makes sense that he had the Space Stone because he was appearing in all of these places and no one knew where he was. Right. Okay. That's, okay. That's fire. So it's not really a um, it's not really a spoiler, but when you put two and two together, it doesn't equal avocado. You feel me? So, gotcha. it, so yeah, <laughs> avocado toast. Right, right. It doesn't know because you know millennials are killing this country. <laughs> that damn toast. But um, so delicious though. Right. Oh my God. I didn't even know what that shit was six months ago. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that's what millennial I'm millennial forever. Yeah, right, right, right. Millennial forever. <laughs> Saga 52 comes out too, also um came out today. I want to read that. And uh what else? There was one more thing. Oh have, have you been uh let me ask you, have you been reading? Because I only read saga pretty much now in trade, so I still been realized. It's I still started in trade and I went to serialize. I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I know. See me. I'm the other way with that one, where I just want to wait and just you know. And then I don't get spoiled, thankfully, because you know people don't really spoil saga on the internet, so I can wait for it. Yeah. But it, I'm just trying to ask you. It's still been incredible, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Ain't no drop off. Yeah. No drop right. off. This is a this is a saga, bro. <laughs> one of the best ever. Yep. All right, so I think that's it for Comics I Cop tonight. Thank you for everyone for using that hashtag on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere out there. Comics I Copped. Thank you so much. I love to see what y'all read. And let me know if we're missing anything out here that we need to be copping. Make sure you're following on Twitter, Instagram, all that good shit, fan bro show. You know how we do. And we have some other kind of comic-related news tonight. I mean, it relates to Walking Dead, the comic, which I am still reading. Because I think actually Walking Dead right now, the comic is better than the show. Uh, oh, miles far. ahead. Oh, by I mean, yeah, far. what am I saying? By far, by far. I stopped watching the show actually um this show season. Is weak sauce. I gave up on the show like when they did the mid-season finale. That's when I haven't returned. I've been reading the recaps, so I still know what's going on. And I was really, I don't know, waiting for something big to happen. This might be it because Andrew Lincoln, Rick, you know, no more Carl. Since Carl is gone. Carl, Carl, Carl. Carl gone. Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick done too. Shout out to my sister Juju woman who once said that you know when Rick is getting down when he cocks his head to the side. That's when yeah. that's when you know well, that's when you know Rick is getting serious when he's like <laughs> and he shakes his gun and he's just yeah. over he's it. His gun. He got he got to you know he got to wag his gun and Rick, and and, and, cut, and cock that head to the side. Rick and, is know, rock, like old man Rick. He <laughs> he is old man Rick and it's just like he is wilding. Don't go to that man's house. Don't kick your soccer ball over that fence. You will never get it back. Don't even try for it. How many, Get off my lawn. How, how many people have you killed? <laughs> hey, you kids. All right. All right. Hey, yeah, kids. Yeah, man. Like I said, uh, you know, in, in the words of Negan, Rick the Prick, he is exiting after this next season, season nine. 
And in doing so, that means he's no longer the face of the franchise. So someone has to rise in his place. He's lived he's lived long enough to see himself become the villain. So he's making his departure. And in his place will be Norman Reedus, who is eyeing a huge $20 million plus payday for being the new number one of the series. Wow. Especially I mean, a character that wasn't even in the book. Yo, and it's like that's a come up. I mean, so shout out, shout out to Norman Reedus because Norman Reedus, you know, like went from being the Boondock Saints, you know, like a cult, and you know, a few roles here and there to the chicks. Like, I mean, salute that man for getting to the bag, Daryl. Yeah, man, Daryl. Also, um, completely forgot about that. Well, I don't even know if I forgot or didn't realize it, but Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie. Ouch. She exited. Well, she already opted to exit because she's going to be in a new AB, a, excuse me, AMC drama. And she booked. Oh, she has two projects. So she's going to uh, she's sorry. She's leaving The Walking Dead, which is on AMC. My fault. And she booked an ABC show called Whiskey Cavalier. Yep. And she also and uh, her and Andrew will only be in about six episodes this season. They've already said yeah. so. You know, it's yeah, they're they're out of there. Um, I they mean, got the, a new showrunner. Dead already. The show been dead. So it's just like the the I, only staying the the to me the only thing that kept you there was like what wild shit is Rick gonna do next week? And, and the the messed up thing is they've already killed Carl, and like that's the thing about the book is in the book Carl is still alive and he's evolving, and eventually we're gonna see the end of Rick, and you're gonna see you know Carl keep going and. Now you don't have that, and so and no, the, I, I love Daryl, but this, the yeah, done after this, I I don't, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't, I've never, literally, never watched an episode of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Is that the other sister show? I, I watched the first season. Yeah, I was just like, well, I, no. I have, and I know that um, Morgan is on that show, and there's some more crossover stuff happening, but I just can't see the main show continuing on after this. It, it's already in many ways jumped the shark and is already kind of starting to out we already have outlived itself it's its own walking dead uh you mm-hmm. know but um yeah it's over for them so from from what i gather when i see people watching it now on social because i just I, I had like eight episodes on my dvr thinking like maybe i'll just see what people are talking about and i was just like eh, you know i'm good but what I see people talking about, it feels like this is one of those hold on shows where people just hold on and just keep watching because this is what we do every like CSI. Day. Yeah. We watch yeah. The Walking Dead. We watch The Walking Dead on Sundays. We go, we we hate it, but we love it. Um, you know what I mean? Like you could you could say that was some that was some people with scandal. Um, there's people who say that that's that's what it is with power now. There's just certain shows. I wouldn't put scandal in power personally in Walking Dead story. I wouldn't do that. But just like if you have so many issues with the show, but you won't give it up. You won't you won't stop watching. That's what because it's like I see people surprised and stuff like that. But for me, when I started reading the book, I lost interest in the show, which Mm -hmm. is ill. Like I just because it was so far ahead and the story was so good. And and ironically, I I was spoiled as to what happened to um Glenn. uh, Glenn. In the book, and then when I got up to it, it still affected me. Then oh, I saw yeah. it on the TV, and it actually that episode, that episode for a lot of people was the like, yo, if it's gonna be this squeamish going forward, I'm done. Yeah. But even after that, I kind of was like, but I know everything that's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and I don't see it happening right now. Uh, and and the quality, I was just kind of like, eh. 
So I was going, but a lot of people still watch it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep their viewership past season nine, or at least they're going to give it a run for season 10 and see yeah. what happens. So, so what's the over or under of Rick going out violently? Or is he just going to die peacefully? I think, I think he dies in the final episode on some like the least expected way. I think if, I mean, at this point, I, uh, I just can't see a way for them to write him out where he doesn't die. That's what I'm thinking, because, you know, that'd be the smartest move for them, because, you know, then he could make a cameo two seasons down the line. Every sh- everybody who's left that show has died. Yeah, that's what I mean. I can't see a way for uh, you're dead, Willie. Yeah, I can't. The true dead. But, 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 then, but then again, Carl's dead, so he has no real attachments. You know, he, he could bounce. from the pilot. What if he kills himself? Isn't he? Or him and Daryl? Was Daryl in the pilot? I'm pretty no. sure Daryl. No, because no. they were with Shane in them. Yeah. The only one left from the pilot. From wow. the first episode. Wow. He's the only one left. And uh-huh. Andy Lincoln is little Uzi Vert right now. <laughs> All my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. <laughs> oh, fish. He's officially little Uzi Vert. Of the Walking oh. Dead right now. Oh, oh, oh! Now, now Ben got feelings about it. Like, oh, okay, what well, is <laughs> No, I'm just like, damn. Like that. That's interesting. That I, you know, and that that is also interesting to see. You know, maybe the show will take a turn for the better without him. You know, maybe it is just his time to go. I don't care anymore. Okay? No, I mean, who does? But you know, I think he wanted to spend this... more time with his family, right? Like that was one of the big major things. Like, I mean, he's paid. I don't like he don't need this. It's still like barely any people of color after all this time. Like I'm good. Facts. I'm good. Fact. Speaking of people of color, though, you know, and and some last news tonight, Jamie Fox of all people will be playing Spawn in the new Spawn remake that is going to be directed by of all people, <laughs> the creator Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I, this is. I mean, there's so okay, many things. So wait, so Todd notwithstanding, because we all know his ego issues and oh my god, non skills issues. Do you immediately shaded Jamie? And I want to know why. I don't want to shade Jamie. I just like don't know. think. I, I don't. I, I don't think that. Um, oh, wait, what Jeff say? He did though. Like it, your want does not matter, <laughs> sir. <laughs> when you perform the action that you said you well, I said of all people, you know, it's surprising to me. You know, I was surprised that Jamie Foxx would be chosen for this role. Wow. I didn't, you know, yeah. but I, I will say that some people do say that Jamie can't pull off the darkness, you know. But I'll, I'll point them to uh, Collateral, which I think he, you know, can pull off that dark for most of that movie at least. And that movie just turns ridiculous towards the end. He, so it's like he can pull off darkness it's just how much do you believe him because after a while yeah. you kind of see between his own lines and you're just like jamie's laughing like I, it's just some here's the thing J- jamie has done enough dramatic roles where he can toe the line but this is not really dramatic this is this and first of all if they're going the direction i think they're going it this is supposed to be like a horror type of yeah thing. the the idea Tom. this is the other thing about this tom mcfarlane has had this idea to spawn remake since the first one dropped you know and he was disappointed in how it what came out and he wants this to be like a movie about like two detectives investigating spawn and where you just see spawn you know in glimpses and in shadows and then showing up every now and again and barely saying anything throughout the whole movie. So that's one thing. Like Jamie isn't even gonna have a lot of lines. So it's to be more the thing where you just see his presence and then he shows up and does some ill shit. And I 
in uh, in general, this whole uh, you know, and then Todd, like he's a first time director. He's he's a great artist, but I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens. It's not it's not to be a big budget film. They're talking like ten to twenty million dollars. So because this is out of uh, Todd's pocket. Yeah, we, we yeah. reported on that a few months back. We were like Todd's paying for it because he wants this to happen. Yeah. So I'm you know I'm I'm waiting to see on this one. It it could be ill as hell. You know, you have you never know because there's first time directors who just come out the box and just have that vision. So, so I I think I think Jamie's a phenomenal actor. I th- I don't have any pause for him doing that. I do think if he if his if he got Jamie for his nonverbal acting skills, I think that's an underrated aspect of what Jamie does. But for a horror comic movie, that's I don't my, know. That's my point. It's just from a, yeah. from a um from a resource perspective and an opportunity perspective, I think you could give that to somebody else and let them do it if you really want to go low budget, you know. But I get where the connection lied because he spoke to Jamie about it years ago. And Jamie always said, if it's a go, he probably is getting a Jamie Foxx discount. I, be- I believe that. So oh, if, yeah. Yeah, if I take Jamie Foxx at his five mil over anybody, you know what I'm saying? Or over most, I should say, if it's, a, if it's coming out of bargain, um, I, I'm I'm still I'm I'm a spawn mark. I've always said that. I I don't read the comics because at some point they justified the logic of <laughs> everything. <laughs> I did I did watch the HBO cartoon. Ooh, it's lit. They was lit. And I'm it like, if it's cartoon? anything like like yeah. I like if you ch- if you have HBO Go or HBO what HBO I pay for that uh, separate from uh, cable, whichever one that one is, or HBO Go, or HBO Now, it should be on demand. Yep. Spawn, Spawn um, cartoon is on demand. It was it was real good. So um, at least from what I remember. So I, I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, you know, it, it's a low budget film, literally a low budget film. He has a vision. This is the creator. So yep. the creator has a vision. That's the one thing where I say, okay, you're getting the opportunity on a budget to execute your vision. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for it. I want to I want to see what happens. I'm I don't have any high expectations. I'm not thinking it's gonna be the goat movie. But yo, why not? Why not? I mean, why? I guess like we proposed this information to our Twitter followers, and they had some interesting responses. Um, I know one Marin, Mr. Marin knows wrote, considering the fact that the '97 Swan was hot ass on a platter, I'm open to anything. Um, hot ass on a platter. I mean, goddamn, served up. Uh, Sunset so fresh wrote. Um, it wasn't that bad. Well, besides Michael Jai, the only thing that people kept saying positively about the '97 one was Michael Jai White. I mean, for '97, it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't that great, but it was '97. It was like before we had dope superhero movies. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And well, Sunset so fresh wrote Michael Jai White is gorgeous as fuck and is an actual martial artist. Even though Jamie's a great actor, he doesn't do anything for me in action movies. Um, Other people are questioning Todd McFarlane's uh, directorial debut. They they don't trust him. And a lot of people, including a note from Ambi Vert, they wrote they should have tapped Trevante Rhodes. I, I can see that. The, the, the real interesting thing about Spawn is that in the comics, I don't think they even did this in the original movie, is that one of the deals with the devil that makes him come back to life is that yeah. he can change his face, but every time he changed it, it was to a white dude. So he could never look like the black man that he was. I think they even abandoned that in the comic after a while because Todd McFarlane realized he was way in over his head. Please. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. You are not ready for that. Yeah, it's not a subject he was really ready to handle. But that was, so I doubt they do that in that. So 
I could see, but like I say, with the limited amount of lines that he's probably gonna get in this movie and the amount of screen time, I don't, you know, I'd rather save Mr. Rhodes for you know a role that like a Marvel film, you know, like let's give him some, you know, let's give him something. Oh, you're proper. like, don't let that be your first, not like yeah, no, yeah, because you know, then you, <laughs> then you don't know if you get another superhero role, you know, like you might get one shot at this, bro. You know, oh, Chris, Evans, Chris Evans, Ryan Reynolds, and Michael B. Jordan can get other roles. Anybody can get another role, bro. No, oh, oh facts, facts, wow. facts. Two Johnny facts. Storms and a and a Hal Jordan walking to the bar. Facts. <laughs> can't argue with facts to destroyer, folks. Dude. Can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Uh, before we leave, I want to say a couple of things, guys. Make sure you. Uh, I've been a, a a guest on some other shows. Make sure you listen to Medium Popcorn. I was a guest on that show uh, about a week or so back. It's a. a podcast where two comedians talk about movies and we review jungle fever i have never seen the movie in full until we what never seen the movie in full into that podcast and oh, it was terrible but anyway um <laughs> i gotta oh i gotta go listen to medium popcorn podcast <laughs> um shouts to american collins and justin um also i am going to be on a live show next not this upcoming weekend but june 9th i'm going to be on super video brothers along with our friendly neighborhood cuisine kaz real life kaz nice gray Hilton, and myself on saturday june 9th at 10 p.m at 702 union street brooklyn new york union hall new york and uh during the super video bro show we make fun of video music videos so it's going to be fun. So please come through if you're going to be in town on the 9th. It's going to be dope. And I'm excited because I've never been on a show. And, of course, I get to be with Jean Grey. My my love, I love you so much. So mm-hmm. I'm happy. Make sure you tell her I said what up and get Kaz and Jean Grey back on the show as yes. soon as possible because we need both of them out here. Shout out to Kaz, man, doing big things all over the place. I see you, brother. He's in WWE now. My guy. Salute. Backstage. Salute. Kaz. You're right. What is that? It sounds like the Fanbro Circle of Trust. 